for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. The Vantage Point Changes Things by Barbara Smith A story written in the Tennessee Magazine in the Point of View section called Barred Owl by a photographer, Robin Conover, caught my attention recently. It goes like this. Have you ever seen that common refrain, Who, who, who cooks for you? Chances are that you have heard the melodic call of the barred owl coming from the tree lines, swamps, and wooded areas of Tennessee. Barred owls are common here and throughout most of the eastern United States. They usually roost high in the trees during the day and hunt in the evening, so you will often hear their call before you see them. They are masters of camouflage and can remain motionless for extended periods of time. I came across this owl late in the day along the lake trail at Randnor Lake State Natural Area in Nashville. Unlike most of the owls I see, it was close to the trail and not obscured by tree limbs. Perched on a fallen tree, about six feet off the ground. It was out in the open and hunting. Staying about 20 yards away, I was relieved that my presence didn't seem to affect the hunter's focus. I had a 100 to 400 millimeter zoom on my camera. This particular day, it turned out to be the perfect lens for this subject. I wanted to zoom in close while keeping my distance and completely blur the background, bringing the focus of the image to the owl and the texture of the tree bark. The light was somewhat flat but nicely diffused across the overcast sky. I increased the ISO to 600 so I could use the lens shutter speed. That helped prevent any shake from my hand holding the camera as the shot of the lens and F-spot settings helped completely blur the background with a shallow depth of field. The owl remained virtually motionless except for an occasional head turn as it listened for moles and chipmunks rustling in the leaves beneath its perch. After 30 minutes of observation, the owl took aim at something on the ground a few yards farther away. Launching off the tree, it landed in one swoop, quickly grabbing at something hidden in the leaves. It was a miss for the owl. And for me, as I was manually focusing and wasn't quite quick enough, but didn't leave empty-handed, this image that you see in the picture was my catch of the day. 
We can see from this story that the physical vantage point of the owl gives him the advantage over the dinner, aka moles and chipmunks, he is hunting because he is at a higher point than they are and able to see the entire panoramic view. He can quickly come down to swoop up his meal and return to his home in the trees to enjoy it. The photographer also seeks out that perfect spot as to get the best lighting and the angle to get the most unique and beautiful photo. As in the story of the photographer and the barred owl, Satan tried to use the leverage of vantage point to his advantage during Jesus' time of temptation in the wilderness after he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Matthew 4 verses 18 through 11 tells us, Again the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him, that is Jesus. Satan took him to the highest point he could to get the most panoramic view to see just what he was going to gain. All the kingdoms of the world. What he was forgetting in his haste to try to trick Jesus was that Jesus was God. Though he had left his throne and come down to earth for a season, he was used to having the highest vantage point. It was not a new sight for him. He was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Satan missed the shot that day completely. We know in the economy that we live in today, everything, and I do mean everything, has doubled in cost. Groceries, the light bill, the rent, clothing, gasoline to run our vehicles and other equipment, such as lawnmowers, and the list is endless. Those who paycheck to paycheck know the sting associated with this because they do not know where the other half of the bills are going to come from. It is most often from a credit card if they are fortunate enough to have good credit, and then the vicious cycle begins because those bills will also now begin to come due. The ones that have no credit often find themselves homeless or having to move back with their family members or friends. However, those who have excess in their checking account or some put away in savings or have a constant stream of income over and above their needs, though they are hit with some of the same price increases, do not seem to feel the effects as much. They have a different vantage point and have means which help cushion the blow. We will not get into this discussion in this article who is at fault or point fingers at those who may have been less frugal than others and therefore now find themselves in this pickle. That will be a subject for another day. But the vantage point is different depending upon the means. When my four daughters were younger, they had a little friend who was an only child who spent a lot of time playing with them. When it came time to run errands and she was at our house, she would just tag along. One day we went into a store. I do not recall which one, but I do remember, amongst other things, they did have toys, which is the only thing kids pay attention to, of course. They all spotted an item that was popular at the time and proceeded to beg for it and tried to wear me down. They failed 
because we just did not have the extra funds at the time for toys at their every whim. Once we had gone through the checkout lane and purchased what we had gone to the store for, they all followed forlornly back to the car. As we all piled back into the vehicle, their friend made the statement, I don't see why we couldn't have gotten the toy. It was only $5. I had to explain to her that only $5 in her world was only $20 in our world because there was only one of her but four kids in our family and that $20 would go a long way towards the purchase of groceries and necessities. Of course, this was from a child's point of view, but also from an only child at that. She could get whatever she wanted because it only cost XYZ. They are all adults now and in varying stages of life, and I am sure they have learned their own painful lessons about adulting. However, we can see the point. It was the perspective and the vantage point that was different. Have you ever heard the expression, they come from money? This means that the persons being referred to come from a wealthy family. This also indicates that they will be more high society because they can afford what they would call the niceties of life. Often royal families fall into this category. They will grow up not knowing exactly where things are coming from, but begin to expect that they can have everything they want because it has always been so and has never been an issue. This has been their vantage point from the nursery to adulthood. Sometimes they are in utter shock when the reality sets in and they find out that they may have to actually do some type of work someday. Imagine that. One board into that state may be said to have culture because they have been educated not only in the basics, but in art, literature, and the behaviors expected of those in their status. Philip Springer and Joan Jaffetz wrote the tune made popular by Eartha Kitt in 1953 called Santa Baby. This is a cheeky little number that numerates all the things she wants for Christmas, indicating that she has been a good girl and these things would be no big deal and not a lot to ask for. The list is a sable with a fur, a 54 convertible which of course would have been the newest on the lot at that time because it was 1953, specifically light blue, a yacht, and the deed to a platinum mine, a duplex, signed checks, decorations bought at Tiffany's, and a ring. It is not that having a wish list at Christmas time is wrong, but how would the actual list you have written down for this Christmas compared to her list? Though we know this song is just in jest and written tongue-in-cheek, and I have not researched the authors or the singers, we can see the perspective of the girl in the song is from a vantage point of privilege, not poverty, for sure. Another expression is that they are from old money, meaning that the persons in question 
have ancestors who have been rich for many generations and continue to pass down their wealth while new money would indicate someone has just come into money from an investment a lottery winning or an unexpected inheritance in this instance the person may have no culture or social upbringing at all with their newfound wealth you may take the farmer from the country to the city but oft-times there is no amount of money that will help you get the country out of the farmer another reason for new-found success could be because they married up this would indicate that the one whether bride or groom has married status or fame while the other is of a lower economic and socio-economic state they are both in for a roller coaster ride because their station in life and their vantage point is about to change. Charles Perrault wrote the original version of this short story in 1697, made famous by Walt Disney's animated portrayal of it in 1950. It is called Cinderella. Here is the nutshell version. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful and kind girl named Cinderella. She lived with her cruel stepmother and stepsisters. She was treated like a servant at home. She had to perform all the household chores, including cleaning the house, ironing clothes, cooking, etc. One day, a letter came to their house. It was an invitation to the royal ball. The king and the queen wanted their son to choose a bride, and that's why everyone in the kingdom was invited girls of the entire kingdom were excited about the ball cinderella's stepmother instantly commanded new ball gowns for her and her daughters to be made cinderella worked hard to finish the stitching of the gowns with the remains of the threads and beads from the gowns of the stepsisters cinderella prepared a gown for herself as well on the day of the royal ball when the stepmother and stepsisters were about to leave they saw cinderella in the gown the two stepsisters got so jealous they tore her gown and pulled off all the beads and left for the ball. Cinderella began to cry and she was amazed when a fairy appeared in front of her eyes. The fairy said, I am your fairy godmother. I know that you wish to join the ball. Don't worry, I will help you. She then waved her magic wand and transformed Cinderella's torn dress into a mesmerizing ball gown. She then turned a pumpkin into a huge coat. She also turned six mice into four horses and two coachmen. Everything was set. But with all this came a warning. As soon as the clock strikes midnight, the magic spell will wear off, she was told. The moment she entered the ballroom, every one was struck by her charm. Even the prince fell for her at once. He came to her and asked her for a dance. Cinderella's happiness knew no bounds. They danced and talked for the entire evening until Cinderella realized the time was approaching midnight. She quickly ran from the ballroom. As she was running, one of her glass slippers fell off into the stairs of the palace, but she had to keep running. At midnight, everything from the coach to the coachman transformed back into its original estate, which were the pumpkin and the mice, and she was again in her torn dress. Sometime later, her stepmother and stepsisters arrived home. They were still shocked by the beautiful girl in the ballroom. The prince had fallen in love with the Cinderella the moment he set his eyes on her, but was completely unaware of who she was. He wished to marry her, as soon as he found the glass slipper, he went in search of the foot that fit that slipper. 
The prince and his servants looked for the girl in every house. Finally, they reached Cinderella's house. The stepsisters tried hard to fit their foot into the slipper, but were unable to do so. The prince then asked Cinderella to try the slipper, and the stepmother made fun of Cinderella by saying she was only a servant. She couldn't have been the beautiful girl that was at the ball, but the prince insisted that she should give it a try. When she slid her foot into the slipper, it fit her perfectly. The prince was so thrilled that he had finally found the girl he had been looking for. They got married and lived happily ever after. The end. It is not often that we get to see life from two different vantage points, but this seems to be the case with Cinderella. She went from being poor and being treated as a servant to being a princess in just a short amount of time. The thing that made this possible was the invitation to the ball. Her home life had not changed, her family and their attitudes toward her had not changed, but the invitation allowed her to break out of her state in life and eventually experience life as a princess. It had its struggles, but she prevailed. With this came many changes in life. No more doing all the chores, wearing rags, or being abused by others, but now she could live a life with means to get whatever she wanted and in peace and happiness. Hadassah's story has some similarities to Cinderella. She was an orphan Jew being raised by her older cousin. They were displaced, not living close to any other family or friends, not wealthy, but were servants at the palace in Shushan. Being a Jew was not popular in her time, and her cousin told her to keep her identity a secret so that she would not miss this opportunity to raise her status in life. She was brought into the palace to live under the care of Haggai. She was put into the preferred chambers of the House of Women given seven maidens of servants and pampered. Her caregiver, cousin Mordecai, checked on her faithfully to ensure that she was okay. Now this process would go on for a year, at which time the women were offered anything they desired before they would go in unto King Ahasuerus. They were then put into the second house of women, under the care of another of the king's chamberlain, Shaskaz. However, when it came her turn to go into the king, she found grace and favor in his eyes, and he loved her above all the others and made her queen, set the royal crown upon her head, threw a feast, and gave gifts throughout the land. We know her as Esther. What made the difference that caused her life and vantage point to change? The invitation. Esther 2 verses 2 through 4 says, And then the king's servant that ministered unto him said, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they might gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace, to the house of women, unto the custody of Haggai, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them, and let the maiden which pleased the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king, and they did so. This is what changed Esther's life. 
And though we do not really know what happened to Cinderella, we know the rest of Esther's story. She did not become that cheeky, spoiled brat, but used her new vantage point to bring about positive change for the good of her people, the Jews. What can make the difference in our lives and bring a change in our vantage point? Realistically, most of us will not win the lottery anytime soon or come into an inheritance from a kind soul who saw us on the side of the road or a long-lost family member deposits large sums of money into our account in an attempt to be kind just on a whim. These are foolhardy notions, but we can change our stars as stated in the movie The Knight's Tale played by the late Heath Ledger. The question is how? simple it is all because of the invitation in matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 jesus said come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light this is our rags to riches story when we are baptized in Jesus' name and receive His Spirit, our lives are forever changed. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells us, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Revelation 1, 5 through 6 tells us the end of our story if we come unto Him. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Revelation 5, 7-10 reiterates and seals the deal and puts it in writing. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto god kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth by accepting his invitation our vantage point changes which changes everything we go from poverty to privilege paupers to kings and priests commoners to being the bride of christ this not only changes our status in this life but our perspective of how we see things even if circumstances around us do not change. A song sung by Priscilla Magruder, written by her husband and several collaborating artists called Heaven's Point of View, shows us how our vantage point changes because of the Lord, how differently things are seen and perceived after becoming a part of the family of God, old money as it were. The lyrics go like this, Today I faced a mountain that I had no strength to climb, and the struggle of this journey has left me weak both in body and in mind. Where I stand at the peak is a distance on my own I cannot reach. So this journey of a thousand steps begins 
right here on my knees. Soon I'll soar like an eagle, high on wings of grace, far into the heavens, where I can almost see his face, rising in his splendor to heights I never knew. What once looked like a mountain is just a hill from heaven's point of view. The invitation is extended to whosoever will. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If we just accept it and begin this new journey on our knees before him, no matter our status in life, we can change our stars. We can begin to see things from heaven's point of view. We can have the same appreciation that Cinderella and Esther had because once we were lost and now we are found. Once we were blind, but now we can see. Once we were wretched sinners and now we are set free. Once we were poor, but now we are rich. Once we were orphaned, but now we have been adopted into the family of God. When we receive his spirit, we have spiritually come into old money. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14 says that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. If you have not already, why don't you accept his invitation today? It will change everything. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.